0: these kinds of laws in other states are they stepping up and helping uh, get this passed in other states yet
1: yes actually actually they've been involved in this uh, working group that we've had all across the US we've had people from uh, industry different different groups that you know see this as as really a, a more long-term solution to what's going on you know health benefits especially it's nice to be able to have a health benefit system that flows with the individual across multiple jobs. We're in the economy now where you may not be doing just a single job, right? You may be you know, driving for different uh, delivery services. You may be doing uh, reservations. You may do those things at the same time. It'd be really nice if their benefits really flowed with them so that they weren't concerned about a, an employer that was paying for that. Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank.
0: Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of American Potential. You know, the world is changing, and one in ten Americans use independent or gig work as their primary source of income. Uh, There's something that they lack Compared to regular employees, though, and that is traditional benefits. Now, gig jobs like food delivery, package delivery, transportation drivers, they all fall under laws that were written 100 years ago and prevent employers from being able to offer their contract workers benefits. Some have tried to take on this issue by narrowing the definition of a contract worker, but the problem is that it takes away the flexibility of other aspects that contract workers enjoy, like flexibility. Now, the other option is to make benefits portable for contract workers, and one state has taken this on. Utah decided to offer portable benefits to its independent contractors, which is the first state in the nation to do this. Now, today's guest is the chief sponsor of of the legislation, Utah State Senator John Johnson. And also joining us is Americans for Prosperity Regional State Director, Heather Andrews. And they're here to talk about how this will benefit the more than 80,000 contract workers in Utah. Senator, thank you for being with us.
1: Thank you. It's really nice to be with you.
0: Heather, thanks for joining us as well.
2: No problem. Glad to be here.
0: OK, well, Senator, first of all, I want to know where where'd this idea come from. I mean, to be the first in the in the nation to push this forward uh, is really something. Tell us where the idea came from.
1: Well, well, actually, I've I've worked a lot with a, uh, a local group called Libertas and and one of their people, Caden Rosenblatt, I actually had had this original idea and we talked about it quite a bit. And then they helped develop uh, the legislation. Uh, of course, AFP was there to help us all along the way. And Heather was really instrumental in helping us to talk to people in the legislature. So, you know, ideally, this would be a federal law so that be, because when, when you're an employee, that uh, adds additional cost to the employer. And, and traditionally it's, it's a, an employee benefit. And so, what we wanted to do is separate that from being an employee because there's significant consequences to someone like Uber, let's say, where they might have workers that only work a couple of hours a day, right? They can't afford to uh, the the tax consequences to having these people on. So what we decided was we would start this in Utah and we would start with uh, insurance benefits because that's one that's that really should be portable, I think across people. So that's, that's where we began. And, and, uh, since then, though, we've got a national group, uh, that we've been having conference calls with to try to get this legislation spread across the U.S. And we even had people from, uh, Senator Mike Lee's office in there, and they hope to introduce this, uh, federally as well.
0: So why was it important I guess to to really focus on portable benefits instead of changing the definition of independent workers which is what I think has always been tried in the past.
1: Well, well mainly because we were we were looking at only overcoming the state consequences. So there are you know like for instance if you're if you're an employer in the state of Utah you've got to pay uh workmen's comp for instance You've got to register people as employees. And so, you know, we visited with the uh, State Insurance Commission and and the Tax Commission to try to see if we could come up with some way of separating then the the worker and the company and just create a benefit pool that the, that the company could contribute to. So that's that's where it started. And I think that's a way to get this going. And then as we get more states coming on board with that, I think it'll be Easier to pass it uh, as a federal law.
0: So, you know, some people truly enjoy the flexibility of this kind of work. And I think back, you know, 30 years, 20, 30 years ago, uh, work was a lot different than it is today. It was a little more one size fits all. But, you know, the flexibility of this kind of work is is truly remarkable. And I, I will tell you, every time I get in an Uber or, you know, any kind of a car like that, and I talk to the driver, the first thing they tell me is how much they love the flexibility. You know, I can just get in, I can work as long as I want and I can turn turn it off and go home and be with my family or whatever. Um th- that is really something that is I won't say brand new, but it's definitely new over the last 10 years in our economy and this really does help give those workers stability uh, as well as that continued flexibility, isn't that right?
1: Yes, and 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 you know there's there's other types of gig work that's going on, too. Like, for instance, you may be a reservation clerk for one of the airlines and working at home. Uh, You know, let's say if you have small children and you decide you want to work part time, well, you can turn that on and you can turn it off when you want to get out of the uh, out of the workforce. And, you know, many drivers that drive for Uber also drive for Lyft. Right. And so they may be working for both of them at the same time.
0: Right. Yeah, it's it's very true. Heather, let me ask you. Let me bring you in here uh, quickly as well uh, on that. I mean, it, w- was that really the impetus to this? Were you hearing from a lot of different people about the, you know this being a problem with uh, with uh, gig the gig economy?
2: Yes, we heard from several individuals, and I think there's a lot of concern as well over what the federal government is trying to do. Um, you know, California also passed a bill that. Restricted and forced organizations and companies, uh, to hire worker, these workers as traditional employees, which caused a huge, you know, portion of that workforce to lose their, lose their jobs. Um, and then, uh, you know, because of the backlash and they realized how much it had failed, they had to go back and change that, um, and exempt, you know, different, um, individuals and, 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 uh, professions from what they pass. So yeah, we've heard from lots of people across the state that are in similar um, situations to what yourself and, and Senator Johnson mentioned. Uh, there's there's moms, there's college, um, a lot of college, we have a lot of colleges here, a lot of students that are going to school um, that would like to do this as to earn and help you know make money towards their schooling. Um, and it works for them because it is, it's very flexible and they can work around their college schedule. Um, we have a lot of, of, we heard from several single mothers, um, there's a couple of older individuals that, that I've talked to that were doing this because of health reasons. Um, they have significant health issues that prevent them from working normal nine to five jobs. And so this um, kind of gig work and independent, um, flexible work helps them to be able to provide income even with their health issues.
0: You raise a good point. You you mentioned California and and some of the things that they tried to do. I mean, this this really is an issue of 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 freedom, right? And of liberty and and of uh, employees uh or workers wanting to decide how they want to work. Uh, you know, in California, there were many politicians who felt like they knew what what work should be and sort of forced a one-size-fits-all solution on the state of California in Utah you're doing it differently senator you're you're really focused on giving people the empowering people really with with the ability to work in the way they choose to work isn't that really what this is all about
1: yeah it, you know i i have a guy in my neighborhood that uh retired from his job when he got sick he had cancer he beat it and then you know he's sitting around and thinking i want to go back to work so he he actually picks up uh uber on the on the weekends and and drives and gets extra money and i i think there's a lot more people that kind of like that idea of maybe going into the workforce and then coming out of the workforce uh i was surprised uh we we really got a lot of support for this bill in utah uh it was a very bipartisan effort uh you know the only i think there were only one or two people that voted against it that have strong union connections. And and you know, when I think about that, I think, you know, the unions really ought to think about this in terms of maybe, maybe they could run benefit pools that people could be part of, that the employ that the employers could contribute to. And so I I think we need to think in different terms. We're in a different state of the economy. This idea of gig work is not done. I I think it's going to only get stronger.
0: Heather, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, uh, you know, if you look at a tale of two states, uh, obviously, uh, you know, California trying to clamp down and say what work, you know, define work and what it must be versus the state of Utah that is taking a different approach and said, you know, work's going to be whatever the citizens of Utah kind of decide work will be for for them individually.
2: Yeah, um, well, you know, we did hear from some you know, individuals that are more, you know, right leaning or libertarian that were are concerned because, you know, as we know, like passing a bill or telling organizations and companies what to do is not RMO either. We're not here to like try to force companies or organizations to do something that they don't want to do. Um, but this is actually in response to like, you know, there's many um, CEOs of organizations like Uber and Lyft that have come out and publicly said Hey, we want to be able to offer these, but we need help from the states. We can't act entirely on our own. So we need to remove some of these barriers for us to allow us to be able to provide these kind of flexible benefits to to our workers. And so it was, it was, it was in response to, you know, the CEOs and leadership of these organizations and companies saying, please help us help these individuals who want this. Um, and that's why we, you know, got engaged and involved. It's not because we're trying to force, you know, companies or organizations to, you know, do something or, you know, provide this. In no way is it that. It's just it's just removing barriers to allow them the flexibility to be able to provide these, these benefits.
0: Yeah. And in Utah, many, many companies, most companies, I'm sure, will continue with business as usual. This is just uh, the flexibility for people who choose to do this kind of work to be able to do it and, and still have that uh, ability to have uh, benefits, right?
1: Absolutely. Oh, I was just going to say today, you know, in today's environment, uh, you know, it's not like it was 50 years ago where people would go to work for one company and stay there their entire career. So just the idea of having benefits that follow the employee rather than the employer is a really good thing. And I, I think this can be used in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when I think about health insurance that how, how wonderful that would be. We talk about that with pensions a lot of times that, you know, uh, when we have these fights over defined benefit, uh, or defined contribution pensions, one of the benefits of a defined contribution pension system is it belongs to the employee. They can take it if they, if they want to work somewhere for seven years or so and they're not vested and they want to go somewhere else, uh, they can do that. And, and this is sort of a similar idea and concept, Heather, isn't that right?
2: Absolutely. Yep, absolutely.
0: Uh, Okay. So some of the stories, I mean, uh, Senator Johnson mentioned uh, one about a neighbor, but tell me some of the stories you were hearing from people. I guess I'll start with Senator Johnson uh, and then I'll go to you, Heather. But Senator Johnson, some of the stories that you've been hearing from people that really were the the driving force behind changing this law.
1: Well, I think that's, you, you know, to start with, it was really the gig economy, but I think people saw that it was, it, it was really a bigger idea than that. In fact, a lot of the, the news stories that ended up, uh, coming out about this bill started as stories just on portable benefits, not really connected to the gig economy. And then people began to see how important this was for the gig economy. And we had a number of businesses that came together with us. And we formed a working group to, to talk about this issue, talk about what our next steps were going to be, and then, and then get more people involved in it. We're, we're actually, uh, turning this into a, a, uh, you know, uh, an ideal type of, so, uh, type of legislation that could be done in other states where we do all the groundwork for it. So.
0: Yeah. Heather, uh, stories. Uh, I'm sure you have great stories from activists and others who helped you, you know, testify before the legislature and those sorts of things.
2: Yeah. So actually, one is my daughter. Um, she was, you know, had, had not gone into college yet. She was kind of trying to figure out what she wanted to do. And she was in a full time job. But they decided to cut her hours at her at her employer um, because due to, you know, lots of different reasons. Um, And so she was kind of forced to find something in between looking for a new job um, or just to provide supplemental income for um, her because in order to make ends meet. And so she decided to start uh, door dashing, which is, you know, a lot of us have benefited from door dash during at some point, um, especially during covid. That's when I used it a lot because, you know, you're sitting inside and, and can't go out and can't get in front of people. So it was very convenient to have food delivered to your door. And so she started driving um, during the times when she wasn't working her her full time employment. Well, eventually, yeah, she lost her employment um, and lost her benefits. And and so it was, you know, she started doing more of the Door Dashing full time, and you know, also needed the the benefits. And she talked to me about how they don't offer. There's nothing available. And so that was one of the reasons why I started looking into it um, and found out, you know, some of the barriers that government. Um, was was putting up to prevent some of these individuals from from allowing these organizations and companies to provide um, benefit options for their employees or for the for these workers, independent workers. Um, then you know there was another young mother um, who her husband worked um, you know different shift hours and she was left to help take care of the kids at home when he was at work, and um, in order to supplement income for their household. When he returned um, and became the, the primary caregiver after his job, she would go and work and drive for Uber Lyft, and this provided her flexibility um, to be able to work during times when a lot of people were not. It was like early morning, uh, early early morning hours um, when her kids were were basically sleeping. Um, but she, you know, talked about as well like how nice it would be to have benefits to be able to provide, um, you know, health insurance, uh, whether it's different other kinds of insurance for benefits for her family and young kids. And so that was another individual that we talked to that um, was, you know, in in wanting, wanting more options there.
0: Well, and we talk a lot about government imposed barriers. And, and again, uh, the reason that in many States, these, these uh, folks can't do, do that. They can't work at the job that they want is because government has a law that prevents them from doing it. We talked about California wanting to restrict that even more. Uh, And so, you know, this is people want to live, I think, in in states that are freer, that give them more opportunity. And this is certainly certainly one of those. Um, uh, Senator, let me ask you, you mentioned that this is kind of could be model legislation. Are you finding uh, certainly other states that want to do this? But also, I would imagine you have a lot of businesses. Uh, I would say some of these you talked about, airline, you know, worker who uh, is maybe on a customer service line, or you know, are there airlines and 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 Uber and uh, you know some of the some of the companies that would em, em, enjoy having these kind of workers and these kinds of laws in other states? Are they stepping up and helping uh, get this passed in other states yet?
1: Yes, actually, actually, they've been involved in this, uh, working group that we've had all across the U.S. We've had people from, uh, industry, different, different groups that, you know, see this as, as really a, a more long-term solution to what's going on. You know, health benefits, especially it's nice to be able to have a health benefit system that flows with the individual across multiple jobs. You know, and, you know, we're, we're in the economy now where you may not be doing just a single job, right? You may be, you know, driving for different, uh, delivery services. You may be, you may be doing, uh, reservations. You may do those things at the same time. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe during the day, it might be more convenient to be on a reservation line. At night, it may be more convenient to, you know, drive to another city and then drive Uber. Uh, for a while. And, you know, people are more concerned today, too, about their work-life balance. And so we we may have situations where people go into the economy, get a job. They might work for six months and then take a couple of months off uh, to be with their family and then go back to work somewhere else. Well, it'd be really nice if their benefits really flowed with them so that they weren't concerned about a an employer that was paying for that.
0: Senator did you have uh, opposition? It sounds like it over overall it passed uh, by a very very wide margin. Well, but you, were there you know, interests and, and that were opposed it, to this that the you?
1: well it, the the only ones we even had any difficulty with was people that uh, there there were a couple of Democrats that were tight with the with the unions and and I think originally the unions didn't think this was such a good idea but but truthfully, they they could use this as a platform to uh, be a part of the, the new gig economy. You know, I could see them yeah. really hosting these benefits and offering those to individuals in the gig economy.
0: Well, I think unions that would be in favor of workers, yes. Uh unions and sometimes, you know, if if they're in favor of union bosses and consolidating power, I would say no. But but certainly there are unions out there that 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 do care about workers and should care. They certainly should care about workers. But yeah, exactly right. You know, chambers of commerce, for instance, had uh things called affinity programs where they could pool uh, you know, pool um, you know, health benefits and things like that for a long time period of time, this would be a similar thing that unions could embrace and, and get behind, I would think. Absolutely.
1: Uh, you know, the economy's changed. Yeah. People, uh, you, you know, the ability to do this it has changed, right? I mean, it hasn't been that long right. where we've actually had the ability for people to work from home and, and uh, you, you know, be able to work for multiple different people.
0: Heather, uh, let me talk about AFP's support. Uh, Americans for Prosperity support for the bill. What? Uh, how did uh, AFP support the bill? What did you do uh, to try and help the legislature and uh, Senator Johnson get this through?
2: Yeah, so we um, did try to talk to individuals that were, you know, in these in these um, jobs and in these roles to kind of get their stories, to hear from them about how this legislation could potentially impact them, um, and had them connected them to their representative and senator. Um, But like Senator Johnson said, uh, SB 233 really like it had amazing support in the Senate. Um, There wasn't one senator who voted no on the bill. And that included all the Democrats, which was surprising because there's a couple that never vote yes on any Republican bills. So I was pretty shocked about that. And that that goes to, you know, Senator Johnson's good, good work as well, explaining what the bill does. And um, you know our work too as well. Just and and Caden did a lot of work with Libertas, um, and when you have different organizations also coming together that are um, you know supportive and and helping you know talk to legislators about this, I think it makes an impact. And then also you know hearing those personal stories from individuals who are affected um, also I think makes a huge difference and impact. And that's where you know we come in. We really try to find people um, and those stories. Um, And and get them connected to their representatives so that they can share Um, in the House. Yeah, it had another huge bipartisan support in the the House. Um, And that's also kind of unheard of in a way. We only had we had two, uh, like Senator Johnson said, Democrats who, yes, were more union um, oriented, who voted no on the bill. But for the most part, the rest of the Democrats joined Republicans to to pass and support the bill. And then, of course, the governor was eager and excited to be able to sign.
0: Yeah. Well, Senator Johnson, I guess final question for you. You know, this is, uh, obviously we hope other states will, will pick this up, but it's interesting. You have a bill like this that, that goes through. I mean, almost unanimously. Certainly, uh, it sounds like two house, uh, Democrats voted against it, but other than that, unanimously signed by the governor, Utah has been a state for, for a lot of years. Um, you know, you've probably been in a legislature a lot of years. It's interesting when you find legislation or really good ideas like this that are just sitting out there. And of course, this one needed time for our economy to sort of uh, present this opportunity. But, uh, you know, that's that's an interesting thing. I mean, had you not taken this up, this would not not exist anywhere in the United States, any state. Does that I mean, you should be proud of that, number one, but. It should encourage you to continue to look for these kinds of ideas where you can really change and transform your state. Any thoughts on that?
1: Well, yeah. And, and not only transform the state, but hopefully lead to, uh, you know, federal legislation that makes sense. Uh, the, the you know, the distinction be between employees and, uh, and private contractors. I that's that's something that needs to be brought up to the times that we live in. And and I think that that happens one piece at a time. You know, a a big shout out to AFP. One of the really good things about what AFP does is they put a lot of faith in the local leaders. And at that time, Heather Heather was uh, in charge of AFP for the state. They put a lot of faith in them and allow them flexibility in in what they get behind and support. And, you know, they've always been really great at supporting liberty uh, in the state and and being able to expand that. And, you know, sometimes those opportunities may be different from state to state. And that's that's why I love the way the organization is set up.
0: Well, yeah, thank you, Senator. I appreciate that. And, and you know, that raises a good point. I'll ask this of Heather, kind of a final question. You know, there is a lot of transformative stuff that uh, Americans for Prosperity has worked on and that has passed in the state of Utah. And part of it, I mean, I think it's two things. One, I think it's a test testament to you, Heather, and to your leadership there in the state, but also to, uh, you know, really unaligned an legislature and political climate that allows you to to be able to do bills like this. But there have been a lot of things. I mean, you just recently passed education savings accounts. And then just going back, there's been so many things. Maybe you could name a couple of the great things that Utah has done over the last four or five years that really have been transformative,
2: Heather. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it all started with the big fight on uh, Medicaid expansion um, when we had only one individual, the Speaker of the House, the current Speaker, who was in opposition. We had a governor who wanted to. Um, expand. We had the media that was trying to get everyone to expand. We had a Senate president who was supportive of expansion. And um, he was like, where are the conservative organizations that are helping us educate the populace on how, you know, this could destroy our state, this could destroy our budget. And so we came in and that's how actually this, the, the state chapter started, um, knocked thousands of doors across the state and um, educated voters on how this could essentially bankrupt, potentially bankrupt our state, and we're able to defeat that. Um, And then, you know, moving on to tax reform, we had some really bad (laughs) tax proposed reforms that were going to um, create a lot of issues and imbalance in the state. And um, again, we did a lot of education efforts. We talked individually to representatives and senators, and we were able to get reforms that actually made sense and kept um, things solvent that didn't affect certain groups of individuals, um, you know, didn't and was very fair, transparent. Kept things um, actually gave taxpayers back more of their hard-earned money. Um, that's another huge win in our state. Um, we were able to remove a lot of barriers to medicine and care there that way, with expanding scope of practice for uh, many types of of healthcare workers, especially. At the time of COVID, it hit, and we were able to expand access in in rural areas. Um, Telehealth was a big one too, removing government barriers to telehealth. Um, Just I could go on and on, but I don't want to bore everyone, so I'll stop. (laughs)
0: No, No, it's not, but it it really is. I mean, Utah has is one of those states that really has just transformed over the last you know ten years or so. Uh, with, with some of the great legislation that you passed. So, well, Senator Johnson, thank you for joining us. Thanks for sponsoring uh, this legislation. Thank Heather, thank you as well for, uh, for, for pushing uh, this forward and, and, and all the great work that, that's done in Utah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, listen. Th- this is a, an exciting time uh, for the state of Utah, but it can be an exciting time for every state in America. They also ought to step up and and pass a similar bill that would allow flexibility for for America's workers uh, around the country. This is one of those ideas, but I, as I said, there's so many of them, and Utah has stepped up and done a great job on uh, on issue after issue. Uh, it, it, again different than what some other states like California are doing. They're going in the wrong direction. Uh, States like Utah are headed in the right direction. Listen, liberty and freedom are precious. Stand up and defend liberty and freedom. Thanks for joining us for another episode of American Potential.
1: Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com.